This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 20 and we are dealing with the Ten Commandments. That's what we're doing. And we're working through the Ten Commandments. And as we study through the Ten Commandments, as we look at them, we reach the fourth commandment. And it probably is, as far as commandments go, the one that in modern times is treated with the least importance or the least respect. We talk a lot about not making idols. You'll hear people all the time talk about not having idolatry go on. That is a, a regular part of the the conversations in church we understand that we have no other god those those commandments are important and i'm going to tell you you'll hear people talk about blasphemy in regard to using the lord's name in vain although those are two totally different things the 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 idea of blasphemy or taking the lord's name in vain is used a lot you'll hear that out in culture the truth is that the the fourth commandment is the commandment that is most for your well-being. It is the commandment that God has set out that is the most important for your well-being and clearly spelled out in Scripture as to how it's done, how it ought to be done. And it's the commandment that's least followed. It's the commandment that is least important as far as commandments. Now, obviously, the ones that come after that, murder, adultery, stealing, giving false witness, lying, coveting, those things we all know are wrong, and people would just pretty much say that's wrong. Even people who are doing it will say, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. But we make every excuse not to remember the Sabbath. We make every excuse not to, or we come up with ways in which to do it that we call keeping the Sabbath, but it's not keeping the Sabbath. And the reason for the Sabbath is because the word Sabbath means, it means it's the word Sabbat, the way it's, the way you'll hear Jews call it when you're out there. Uh, there's a column, there's someone who I listen to pretty regular, Ben Shapiro, who's Jewish. He's an Orthodox Jew, and he calls it Sabbat, and feel like he's probably way more an expert on how to pronounce it and how to call it than I do. It is a high, it's a holy day. It is a, at the very core of the word, it just means intermission. It means to hold on, stop, take a break. Let's think about what's happened. And by the way, intermissions, we don't have many intermissions in our society today, except for if you hear the word intermission, it's usually at a play. And very people, very few people go to plays anymore. I actually, for me, I love a play. I don't, I can't tell you why. I just love a play. I, I, when we were in Montgomery, I loved to go to the Shakespeare Festival and watch a play. It's just good. I don't know why. I enjoy stories, and obviously I like movies and things like that, but I enjoy a great story, and I enjoy a play. 
And one of the one of the keys to every play is you have an intermission. Now, I'm sure that's to give the, the actors a break real quick because they're having to really focus on what they're doing. I'm sure it's sometimes to get the stage right. It is a tradition of intermission. We have an intermission that's very important in the South, too, one that we see regularly take place in the South, and that intermission is called halftime. And we have those, and everybody loves halftime because you can go get your drinks, you can go get a... You can go get a hot dog or hamburger. You can relax for a few minutes. The players get to go inside and go, what in the world just happened to us out there on that field? It is a great time to just set aside. They're important time. And in life, when we have life, when we're living life, a lot of times you get going in a direction and you don't ever have an opportunity to sit down and go, okay, what's going on in my life? What's happening here? What's causing this to go on? A really a time of self-reflection and a time of thinking through and considering your life, considering what's happening in your life. And if that's the case, if that's what's going on in your life, you need to have times of intermission. You need to have times where you sit back and go, hey, I've got these troubles, I'm, or I'm going 90 to nothing, or I'm struggling here, or I don't have an answer, or I need to figure out what's important. All those times, God in life has naturally set up a time period in which in which you can reflect. It's a day of rest. In, in, in the scripture, as far as the Jews going into the promised land, the idea of going into the promised land, which is called his rest, is tied to this idea. It's an idea of God's blessing. It's an idea of God's fullness. It's an idea of God's anointing and his power being on your life. And it is an opportunity to have that. And God has provided that time for us once a week. And we're to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy or keep it set apart. Remember, holiness at its core means to be set apart. So we're supposed to have an intermission and that intermission is supposed to be set apart from all other days because it's important and because it has it has importance for life. And so he says, six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It's a day of rest. Only you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor animals, nor any foreign residing in your towns. Now, I want you to notice there's a lot of things that I could talk about socially that come along with this, but these are slaves out in the wilderness, and God says, if you've got anybody who's serving in your house, meaning an employee, somebody who's working for you, they're not to work on the Sabbath. And if you've got if you've got foreigners residing in your towns, meaning people who are, have come to your area, you need to tell them, we're not working on the Sabbath. We're setting this apart. And why do we set it apart? We set it apart to meet with God. It's not set apart for any for just any reason. It's set apart to meet with God. Now, you, there, there's things you can do on the Sabbath that are great with family and friends that is restful and relaxing and fun and enjoyable sports and outdoor activities and all things like that. But the truth is, it's set apart for God's people to meet together with God. And the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of the saints. What does that mean? That means that the saints get together once a week and you do not need to forsake that assembling. You do not need to set, forsake that coming together. Because in the presence of God, uh, there is there is power, there's healing, and there's purpose that gives us an idea of why and what we're why we're doing what we're doing and what we need to do it the way God has for us to do it. 
And when two or more are gathered, the presence of God comes in a very special and unique way. In fact, God says that. Where two or more are gathered, there I am also. You need to understand when two people, when believers gather together, God shows up and he shows up for a very special purpose. And it goes all the way back to the, well, goes back to the fourth commandment. It goes back to God saying, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And, and as you look at it, you need to remember it. You need to set it aside as a holy time to meet together with God's people. There, there is cleansing. There, there is removing of the demonic influences of our lives. It's much like when Jesus washed the feet of Peter and Peter said, I need, if you're going to wash my feet, wash my whole body. And Jesus said, your whole body doesn't need to be clean, but your feet do. And what do your feet do? They walk in the world. And he, what he was saying is sometimes we just need the world washed off of us and we need a chance to sit down and reflect and spend some time with God. And that's what Sunday is about. That's what Sunday's about. It's a time to enter into the presence of God. And on Sunday morning, that's what we're working toward. We're working toward every Sunday entering into his presence or entering into his rest or having a recess time, a recession, a, a time where we can stop and meet with him and stop and consider life. He says, you're to do that. And not only are you to do that, everybody associated with you are to do that. I, I see so many times people want to come up with ways to do the Sabbath that God has not prescribed. If you'll remember when we've been going through the book of Mark, every time it happens in the gospels, I always stop and say, look at this. It, every time a Sabbath comes along, it says that Jesus entered the synagogue, and then it says it says four words after it every time. And it's what is it? What are the four words? As well as his custom, Jesus went to the synagogue, meaning he honored the Sabbath and he remembered it and kept it holy, because that's what he did. That 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 was his nature. His nature was the Ten Commandments is a revelation of the Lord, your God, Jehovah, your Elohim. He is, well, he's the manifestation of the character of God. And so what is the character and nature of God? What is the character and nature of Jesus Christ? Later was to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And he kept it holy by doing what? Gathering together with other believers. And if you say, I can worship God on the lake, you can worship God on the lake, but you can't worship it as a Sabbath because that's not how God has prescribed Sabbaths to be. If you're going to say, I'm worshiping God on the lake, that's fine. You can do that. If you're going to say, I am keeping the Sabbath on the lake, or I am following the directions of God <clears throat> as to the purpose of what our day of rest is, then you're not doing it the way God said do it. The way God said do it is you meet together with other believers. That's how you remember the Sabbath. Can I go out on the boat in the afternoon? Sure. Can I play golf? Sure. Can we watch football? Absolutely. Can we go shopping? Maybe. I don't know. Can we, can we do other things, hang out, take a nap, all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. We're not going to get legalistic about it. But that being said, after we've said all these things, you one of the things that is required on the Sabbath from Scripture in the New Testament, Christ being our example of it, is to gather together with other saints so that you can hear the word of God, so that you can so that you can have the Spirit have every opportunity to give you comfort and direction and healing and head you in the right direction for your life and meet with him and meet with other believers so that you can use your spiritual gifts 
and uh, so that you can activate the power of God at work in your life. And that is done by using your spiritual gifts, by the way, so that you can operate in your spiritual gifts, building up the church and doing what God has told you to do. And if you say, I am doing it some other way, listen to me, I'm telling you this, it's just very clear directions. You are not doing it the way scripture says you're doing it. And any, it's really clear cut. This is not something that, this is not a nuanced argument that we can make. Somebody said, I can do it any way I want to. No, you can't because God defines what certain things are and you can't say it's the way you want it to be. And it has nothing to do with God. We do that a lot in our culture today. We define certain things and we say, we're just going to get a whole new definition. Words mean things. And ideas and understandings are not, are not fungible. They can't be sold and bought. They are what they are. And understanding and the ideas that God has given us quite clearly from his word, his word is a series of understandings and ideas that come from the heart of God. You can't manipulate them and change them and make them into what you want them to be. Okay. And we do that all the time. We've redefined all kinds of words in our society to make them the way we want them to be rather than the way God made them to be. And certain things just can't be done that way. And, and anybody who says, we're just going to redefine it. I don't care where they sit, what office they hold, where they're at in the world. You cannot change what God has said. And if you do, you are in opposition to God. And I don't have to do anything about that not my business, but I can promise you this, it is God's business. And he will handle that business as he sees fit in due season. We do what we're supposed to do and we hear God's word as it is. And if you choose not to be or do what God has said to do, because you want to do it your own way, you do it at your own peril. Okay. Especially God's children. Now the world's going to do whatever the world wants to do. And that's the way, that's the way life has always been. And God has a day of judgment for all that. But God's people, let me tell you something. God's people, we've got to, we've got to deal with who we're not as far as God's concerned. We got to deal with our sin while we're walking this earth. And God dealing with our sin on a regular basis. And I'm going to tell you, if you ever listen to a person who is of the Jewish faith, who is conservative in their faith, meaning they believe all of the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, the Sabbath's real important to them. And the reason it's real important to them is because as you go through from this point on throughout the rest of scriptures, the Sabbath is going to be an important time. And the way I know that, again, I'm going to say it again to you, the way I know it's real important is because my Lord thought it was. And really, that's all the argument I need. If Jesus thought it was real important that he gathered together with people who did not understand who he was, who did not fully understand the Old Testament scriptures, who did not see things the way he was and would eventually betray him and would eventually shout, crucify him, even in his hometown, wanted to stone him to death. If he thought it was important to meet with them, listen to me, then I have no excuse for me not doing that myself. You go, you're a pastor, you have to do it. You get paid to do it. No, I don't. I don't have to do it. It's not necessary that I do it. I'm not going to starve if I don't do it. It is important that I do it. And my life is pretty ordered in that area. I try to be at church every Sunday I possibly can be at church. I, I am, I, there may be one or two at the most three weekends a year that I am not in church. And a lot of times I'm in church when I'm not in 
in the town that I live in and at the church that I pastor. It is important that you meet together with other believers. And uh, it is the fourth commandment, and it follows after all the other commandments that deal with your relationship with God. He says, listen, you can't you misuse the Lord's name or you can't carry his name improperly. You can't make other idols. You can't have any other gods before him. And the way you make sure that you don't do that, the way that you make sure that your life is orderly and set right is that you honor the Sabbath and you keep it holy. Wow, that's a message for our culture. I'm not sure the culture is hearing it. I hope it's a message for our church and our church is listening. And I'm saying that because I refuse to shut down very long during the pandemic. It is a fundamental of the faith that you gather together with other believers. And I know that our church does it, but I'm hoping that the church that I'm speaking to, which is the whole church during these Bible studies, I'm hoping the whole church will hold it as important, as absolutely as important as God made it and as Jesus made it. Because when we do that, we avail ourselves of God's very best. And when we don't, Oftentimes we wander in the wilderness and I'm not into wandering. I'm into best. Hope you are too. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.